Welcome to the Strategy Mob Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I have a very special guest. I'm so excited to talk to this guest, got to be honest with you, because we're going to talk about some great things. We're going to talk about the giving mindset. We're going to go over what a new sales process looks like and how we train for that. We're going to talk about how we connect with salespeople, which is lacking in our industry in a big way. But I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Daniel Gomez in the house. What's What's going going on, on, Jason Harris, man? I'll tell you what, I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm excited. I'm a car dog by trade. And I say a car dog, not D-A-U-G, right? Not D-A-W-G, but D-O-G, because you got to get dirty. It's not the dog in the fight, right? But it's the size of the fight and the dog. And you got to bring it every day, especially in the car business. Because if we don't have the mindset, if we don't have a champion's mindset, I'll tell you what, you're not going to win without confidence in life, in business, and especially in the car business. And you and I both know that, Jason. We we do we do we look at it, it's so much fun you know talking to people uh, where the car business is really a part of a part of them right I mean it's it, it, like you um, you know it got into my blood many many years ago and I just can't for the life of me ever get it out you know I I like I was saying off camera I, I sold my dealership almost six or seven years ago thought I was done with the automotive industry but it sucked me back in and uh just not going to go anywhere at all but hey let's uh, before we get into some of the amazing topics that we're going to talk about today i always like to start every podcast off with a little origin story so i'm very curious daniel how did you get started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry you want to know i used to sell piñatas man my dad was diagnosed <laughs> awesome. with cancer and when my dad got diagnosed, they gave him a month to live, man. And he got, uh, within that time frame, it was a really shift in my life. I was 26 years old mm-hmm. and I, I cried because they gave him a month to live. So I left wow. what I was doing and, and we started a piñata store. We sold piñatas for a year. We got into a grocery store down here in San Antonio, South Texas called HEB, multi-million dollar corporation where we got into them, started selling piñatas to them, other mm-hmm. grocery stores. But after my dad passed away, I just said, I, I got depressed, to be honest with you, man. And I just said, well, I saw this ad in the paper. My wife goes, what do you want to do? I said, well, if I can sell piñatas to a grocery store, I think I can sell anything, don't you think? <laughs> I agree. And, and, you know, because you, you've heard it. We've all heard it. Why do you want to go sell cards? That's the dumbest thing. It's suicide. And people just don't see themselves doing that. And I saw this ad. There was a little gentleman right there in the center with the cowboy hat it said sales professionals applied and the cowboy hat caught my attention i wouldn't applied and i said well if i can sell piñatas i can sell cars and i told the i told the gsm that he thought i was what are you talking about i go yeah sir we just had a, a retail store that closed down my dad passed away he goes you know what i'll give you a shot do you think you can sell cars <laughs> i said i don't think so i know i can and the rest is history man i just worked my way up and chevrolet dealership stayed there for almost 12 13 years and just learned worked hard but I realized that it's all about attitude. We, we, yes. we, I've met so many people. I'll never forget it. In my book, You Were Born to Fly, I write about this because there was a gentleman that was an amazing walk-around guy. This guy was the walk-around champion, but his sales were just, they stunk. I mean, bad. So sure. when I went up to my first sales meeting, I was in awe. I was like, I was expecting to see like, ah, oh, he has all these sales and nothing. <laughs> and I said, is that correct? I told the guy next to me, Juan, I said, Juan, is that correct? He goes, yeah. So but he's good. But I didn't understand it because I was a green pea, right? Like we call it in the industry, oh, I was yeah. a green pea. And he just, man, it was, I, I learned quickly there that 
okay, something's different here. And people said, how are you doing? So like, what's going on with Daniel? They thought I was a, a fluke because I just, I sold the first, first <laughs> month I sold 13, then I sold 15. And then next thing you know, 9-11 hit. And that kind of just put things downhill. The next month, Chevrolet came out with Keep yeah. America Rolling. And the rest was history. I never looked back, made more money than I ever had. And this was back in 2001, 2002, making over $100,000, which was now equivalent to a quarter million dollars, right? Because just with, with inflation. And man, I, I just love the car business. I was hooked. I said, I can make this much money by just helping people. I'm done. It's true, though. In, coach. <laughs> well, once it's in your blood, it's in your blood. And you know what? I always, I always find that, you know, uh, people get into this business one of three ways. Either we kind of fumble our way in and or, or we uh, were born into the business or or we get conned into the business. It's usually one of those one of those three. Um, so, like, I'm so glad, um, you know, that uh, y- your life path took you in the direction that you were you were able to come into this industry, uh, even though it may sound like it wasn't from the best of circumstances. But you know, we're we're very happy to have you in this industry. Your passion, your love, your energy is just amazing. We connected on Clubhouse, aka Crack House. Uh, for, <laughs> I'm serious, I'll give a man. Boom I, to that baby. <laughs> geez, like I don't know about you, but I get those like screen time reports. <laughs> and I saw I spent 17 and a half hours in Clubhouse and I was like, oh, man, that's not good. <laughs> that's good. Well, you know what? I, I, I got I, I, I to gotta confess. My wife was a little bit of she hasn't gotten back <laughs> because I've been onboarding some clients for my coaching programs yeah. and some other engagement. But last night she's like, hey, you said we were going to watch and hang out and watch a movie. And I was, and I was in line and I thought it was said like, I thought it will be like five minutes. Right. And no, and this one guy just kept talking and talking and they, and you know how it is when you're in those rooms, if somebody's oh, yeah. talking, you just, it just depends on the moderator. And next thing you know, I got up there and it was, it was a good conversation. And she just like, looked and she goes, I never sell you nothing, but I was in the doghouse a little bit less. Like <laughs> thanks to clubhouse. <laughs> you know what though? I really do think that platform is just going to do some really big things in our industry, um, which we could probably save for an entire podcast in itself. But <laughs> You were touching about something kind of when we were talking earlier about, you know, about that process, right? Uh, on how someone was able to be an amazing presenter, but not close the deals. And, you know, I, I find that that's pretty common. That's still very common actually today. And I find that that biggest disconnect there is just a sheer lack of training. Yes. And that's where I kind of wanted to start our conversation today is, you know, the, the sales process has changed so much. The sales person, I think, has changed so much. The demand for uh, communication in real time on a salesperson has changed a lot. And also just the way the customer wants to buy cars has changed our process in so many different ways. How do we train for that new sales process? I would say this, just from experience, I have my, my son's 21 years old and he's a, he's a monster, right? I, I trained him since he was little. I grew him up with the mindset that he's a winner and a champion and he, and he lives it, he breathes it. Nice. People always tell me, well, Daniel, how does it, how do I know your training works and your, and your coaching works? I'm like, cause I have a little house mouse, right? He's my, he's, <laughs> he's my experiment that I've been dish, raising yeah. up. Oh, what are you talking about? Yeah. My son, Julian, you know, when he was 19 years old, he was crushing it. There's a company here called the wash tub and he became a sales professional. And at 19 years old, he was making four or $5,000 a month and he was just crushing it. But it's all about just really understanding that, that the youth of today ain't like me and you. It's just, it's, it's a mm-hmm. totally different beast. And I think that we forget that, that they're human beings. We, we want to just, how can we say this? The, the worst mistake that we can make is we see it from our perspective. Sure. And what I mean by that is right now in, in our, in our country here, I'm talking about America. I don't know what it is in different countries, but 
there's so many blended families now. Mm-hmm. So I want you to imagine there's, you have a mother on this side, a father on this side. They both have two kids. And within those two kids, one of them's a dominant kid here. One of them's a dominant kid there. Yeah. And then next thing you know, they get married and they have a blended family. And then the mom gives one of their, the kids a guilt trip. Can't you just let me be happy? So what does that do to that person psychologically, right? It, it screws with their head, especially if you're that D personality. You want to be the best. You want to win. So you have two D children going against each other. And one of them has to give in because one of the parents makes them feel guilty. And these are triggers that we plan in our children and we don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Well, then next thing you know, they end up in the car business and guess what? <laughs> Trigger, they carry these triggers with them and they don't respond it's, the way that we so responded. It, it, re- it really is. I mean, I mean, think about that. I mean, look, it, when we got into the car business, all right, what attracted us to the car business was six figure incomes and you didn't need a, you didn't need a college degree. Just bottom line. I think that's why majority of us got sucked into the car business, right? Um, or maybe for others, it was, it was a legal way to make a decent amount of money. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I always use that in my training. Right? I was like, hey, who here can make $2,000 legally in one day? Exactly. Besides right? us. Besides exactly. us. <laughs> exactly. But, but, yeah. but, but because these because we're talking about an entirely new generation and uh, uh, buyers and sellers, these are, that, that's the kicker, right? Like we're, we're talking about not just not just a, a new salesperson, you know, based on youth or uh, how they were raised or the adversities that they had to go through or the technologies that they had available to them that we didn't. All right. Um, it's also the buyers changed so much. So I, let's talk a little bit about like, how do we, how do we train for that new seller and how do we train that train for that new seller for that new buyer? That's where I'm going. Well, the main difference, I think, when I started is we had these pamphlets. And you remember that I was a Chevrolet store. We had the pamphlets for the Silverado, for the Camaro, for the for whatever make and model. And I remember a customer coming in and and the customer comes in and, oh, I want to buy a car. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, then next thing you know, he goes, well, I want a pamphlet. I'm like, all right. So I get him a pamphlet. He goes, "Okay, well, (laughs) I'll get I'll get with you here in about a couple of a couple of months. And I was like, well, I'm already here. So why don't we just go out there? I was able to persuade him to just go out there and look at the cars. And I'll never forget. He ended up not buying. He was looking at a Chevy little, those little mini blazers. And I went back to my manager and I said, what's up with this dude? He's like, what are you talking about? I go, he's here to buy a car, but he just came and got the pamphlet. And he's like, going to buy in six months. He said, and my manager, David goes, yeah, some customers do that. A lot of customers do that. And I couldn't comprehend it because I, yeah. that's not the, I'm an emotional buyer. If I love it, I buy stuff at the mall that I wasn't even planning on buying. <laughs> so at that point, I learned that that's the first thing I, first time I really started learning about personalities. He goes, yeah, Daniel, sometimes customers come in and, and they'll get the pamphlets and then they'll come back in six months. Well, that being said, now they do all the research already here on their phone. Exactly. So when they come in, over 80% of buyers are ready to buy. That's the beautiful thing about it. That analytical buyer, that factual buyer that does the research, checks the torque, checks the horsepower, checks how, many, how much the legroom is from the back of the cab to the front and everything else they measure, right? More things than I ever I care to know. But we have <laughs> buyers like that. And the beautiful thing is instead of them coming in, getting the pamphlet, and not that they're wasting your time, but they're just going to come back in six more months and they're going to shop Toyota. They're going to shop Subaru, Subaru and all these. They've already done the research. Yep. And we need to understand that that's a beautiful thing with these cell phones. We need to use these iPads and everything else to our advantage. And I think sometimes we don't give them that tra- psychological training to help them to understand. Because I hear so many dealerships that I still go and train at and they're like, 
the, the, the terminology is they're tire kickers. Let me <laughs> need to get that word out of our vocabulary as for of sure. yesterday, because there's no more such thing as tire kickers. They're looking for a sales professional and not a salesperson. The thing is we, we hire salespeople and we never transition them from a salesperson to a sales professional. And I always say this in my training is that a, a, a salesperson is, is barely making, they're trying to just make rent and to make their, make the mortgage, whatever exactly. it is. But a sales professional has a savings. They have a different cycle. They see themselves as a, as a business within the business. And that's the big difference on that one, Jason. No, I, I think for a, a lot of people that are coming into that, and that, but that's something that we have. If they're coming into the industry. That's what they need to hear. That's, that, that needs to be kind of the core message. If they're coming, if new people are coming to our industry, that this is your business within the business. And, and, and they, but they, that, that's a, it's, it's a mindset to be able to do that. You know, it's, it's not... I find, you know, we can't just, we're not looking for people just to execute on the transaction anymore. Like it yes. goes way beyond the transaction. And, you know, before it was like, you know, you hired people on based on how good they can transact. How good can they close? That's how you try hired people, right? No, the consumer wants to connect to an individual or to a person or to a brand before they actually connect and then purchase into the product, Right. So it's like we, we're looking for people and we had to train people on how to connect first, <laughs> product yes. second, right? Where, when, when I think we started, it was, it was product first. It was product. It was always product. You know, it was like, I don't really need to connect with you. Come on. <laughs> yeah, like, well, come on. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because the way I learned, right, it's you lead with your pocket. And what I mean by yes. that, you're, you, it's all transactional. You're, you're leading with your wallet. This is Mason. You, you said it earlier. We, we went, many of us joined the carbons because it was promised I'll make all this money over six figures, 100,000. But now you got to lead with your heart, man. You got to mm -hmm. lead with that heart. Mm -hmm. And when you lead with that heart, that's where you connect with the buyer. And then they get open-minded to, to what you say. And so many times when I do my trainings, I say, look, you have to lead with your heart. When you lead with your heart, that's going to just definitely make a difference, right? Because this is what we don't realize yes. is, is when you lead with your heart, you end up smiling. And, and the <laughs> smile is one of the most powerful things that we have right here. And we don't use it. So many times I'm at the airport and everybody looks like they're mad dog and they just look so angry. Next time you go to the airport, take a look at the people around you. And it amazes me when I smile, everybody just starts to smile back. Exactly. But I say that because a smile is what's going to open up your customer's wallet. Let me say it again. A smile is what's going to open up your customer's wallets. And so most true. GSM, most GMs, they never talk about this stuff. It's, all it's, it's not that they don't talk about it because I think they do talk about it. I, at, least, at least I've heard them talk about it. But what it, it's one thing to talk about it, and it's a whole other thing because we talked a little bit about this before we, before we start recording today. It, it, it's a mindset. See, for you, like you don't have to talk about it. You don't have to think about it because it's embedded into you, right? That, that, that yes. smile, that, that, that giving mindset, all right, is that if I give, I get. You know, but to, to really get to that place of just giving without expectations is when amazing things happen. But that, but, but that's a mindset um, for everyone out there watching and listening, because, uh, Daniel, I know you got some thoughts on this. Like, how do we get ourselves into that, that, that giving mindset? It's just a growth process. One thing that I didn't realize, Jason, man, was mm -hmm. when, when I left the automotive industry over four years ago, when my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer, I had, I had the Corvettes, I had the Hardys, had the rings, had the Rolex. We've all been there, the Mont Blancs. We've all, we, I mean, it's, it's just part of the gig, right? It's part of the car business. Yep. And, and I can tell you that when, when, when I left there, I didn't realize how, 
how much junk I had inside of me because sure. I never, we never get the coaching. We never get the guidance. Say we have mentors about the car business. And once in a while you just, you, you hear somebody with good intentions, but think about how high the divorce rate is in the automotive industry. Oh, Let's it, be real. It, right. It's just huge, be honest with 100%. it. And, and I would treat my, I would treat my work family better than my home family. Yeah. I hear so, you. I never forget when I was at work and my wife called me crying, man. She was just crying. And I was like, what the heck are you like? Chill out. Like what's going on? And all I heard with the word was the words breast cancer come out. And like, it shook me to my core. Cause it didn't Ooh, matter how many Rolexes I had, how much money I had in the bank, our house was paid off. It didn't matter because I wasn't going to save her. And God put me in a position where it's like, dude, that check engine light's been on in your life for many years already. And you're ignoring that check engine light. And how many times has that check engine light come on in our car? And if we ignore it, what happens to the car, Jason? It blows up. It stops. Oh, I love that. I love that analogy. Like, like then, honestly, I, I think that's one of the, like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to use that, but I'll make sure I, I source you on the usage. I just trademarked it. But I say that because, because even though I, my intentions were good, I was blind to so many mm-hmm. things and, and I had a, I didn't have a, you have a given mindset in some areas, but in so many areas, you have that scarcity mindset that you, you abandon some of the things that are even more important. And, and I almost lost my family because of the car business. And I'll tell you, my wife getting breast cancer was one of the biggest things. And I realized that I had to heal my heart, heal my soul, just heal myself to really go out there and give. And, and mm-hmm. when you give without expectations, you, you learn how to receive without resistance. And I think so many I've seen this, right? Just our, our, whether you're GSM, GM, a dealer principal, our egos, our pride gets in the way and we don't receive without resistance. And what I mean is just really receive because it's something that, that, that you feel from your heart, from your soul. Mm-hmm. And we deflect these things. So we don't know how to give because we don't know how to receive, Jason, on a well, higher because level. Look, look, at the end of the day, we were never trained to, right? So um, I... um. I got, I sold my dealership. Uh, we had a third child and, uh, there was a lot of stress at home and I had to make a call. I had to make a call. I had to walk away from the dealership. If it was going to be, it was going to be a family or dealership scenario. And that's pretty much how it was going to happen. So I, 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 I've not been in the exact same place that you have, but I've been in a similar place. And, uh, I like you went through, uh, especially during that time frame, And for the last six years, uh, through a very much so of a, of a self-awareness path. All right. Really kind of learning about myself, how, and why I feel the way I feel and, and an understanding that, which has opened up a lot around how I maintain a mindset throughout the day and how I just continue to push forward. But what I find is, is that, you know, I, as, as, as a manager and as an owner, I never got trained this crap. There was, there was no, there was no, there was no course out there for me to go take, you know, no one was talking about it. You went to, you went to NADA and you got taught about the financials of it and you got taught about the marketing of it, you know? And it's like, even, even within leadership training, there might've been a sprinkle of this, but not, 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 not at its core. Um, but I find that, that giving mindset, cause I do know some dealerships that have actually been able to, uh, take that giving mindset and build it into the culture of their business. And they are insanely profitable for it. Yes. Anytime, anytime you put, anytime you put people before profits, it's good. It's your people are going to respond. There's things more important than money. And believe me, I love money just like anybody else, Mm -hmm. but appreciation 
and recognition will take you further. I can remember our, our dealer principal, Mr. Vada. It'd be a Saturday. We were tired. It was late. And he would come up behind me. He'd be like, eso, eso, right? Like, boy. <laughs> and no matter how tired I was, I'd, he'd be like, come on, let's keep it rolling. And that passion would light up in me because it was just the appreciation that he showed me. And that meant more to me than a $5,000 bonus or a $10,000 bonus because I knew he really cared. And even though we did a lot of things that weren't right, we did a lot of things that were that were right. Because I'll tell you, one thing I learned about from Mr. Vada was just that just the conviction of having integrity and putting the customer first. And that's one thing that that I that he would always talk about when he was in the dealership. But unfortunately, when I was coming up, there was other managers that you know they kind of outdrowned his voice because he was they were there more often than he was. But the more I went up in in, in leadership and I became the GSM, the, the GM. I spent a lot more time with him and he was like a father figure to me and really just told me it's about the customer, Daniel. It's about the customer. It's about so many times we try to take the shortcut. We ignore the customer because right, this is it. And it goes back to what we're talking about, the giving, the giving mindset. We want to fight the customer for a $60 part or just say a hundred dollar brake job when it's a used car. (laughs) And then we piss them off. They get upset instead of just just saying, you know what, let me write it off hundred dollars. And then they're going to be like, wow, Daniel, thank you so much, man. Hey, do me a favor, please. Mr. Miss customer, Mr. Harris, if anybody's looking for a vehicle, please. Oh yes. Thank you. You took care of us. I'm going to let everybody know. Then they go out there. They tell their grandmas or grandpas and guess what? They bring more customers, but we want to piss them off for a hundred (laughs) dollars. And that's that scarcity mindset that that we fight. Sometimes not even a hundred dollars. I mean, sometimes we're talking about 15 bucks. All right. So like I, I literally watched a service manager get into an argument with a customer because they had a $15 off oil change coupon that expired. It expired like the month before. And the service manager was not going to let the customer use it. I couldn't believe it that I was watching this go down. And, uh, but, but look, this does happen. But with that, I understand the dealerships that I've worked with that have maintained that giving mindset and it's embedded into their culture comes from the top. It always, I I can see every single time it comes all the way from the top. So how do we get our managers? Here's my question for you, Daniel. How do, how do we get our managers to really take that giving mindset and embed it into a routine so that it always happens? It's not something that they just get a high on right and then come back off of it. How do we build it into a routine within our management team? Well, something that we did at a Ford dealership, it was, it was amazing. When I started going there, it was, it was just strictly for training. And then they saw that my training was great. They said, hey, would well, you mind coming into the manager's meeting? I said, sure. Mm-hmm. So I was just there. I just went to listen, right? I just I didn't say anything for probably two, two of the meetings that they invited me to. And I observed so much in that. I was like, wow. So I told the GM, I said, can I recommend a service to you? They're like, what's that? I said, I think your leadership needs coaching. Coaching? There were, what's what, what, Coaching, they went for training. I said, no, I'm not talking about training. I'm talking about coaching. So from that point, they were doing 415, 420 cars every month, new and used combined. From that point, within, a, within about two years' time, they went from 425 consistently to up to 550. Wow. That's a huge difference. That's 125 units, same post, same used car inventory, same Ford dealership. Mm-hmm. And it's just the fact that they had these conversations with me that they wouldn't have with the GM, that they wouldn't have with each other. And I'm like, and then some of these people, they had so much suppressed inside of them. So it's, it's really breaking through those barriers that they're not, like you said, they're not aware. Mm-hmm. They're dealing with issues that they put off. They have triggers themselves. 
And when they get triggered, they talk down to the salesman. They talk down to the other. If you're the GSM talking down to your sales managers, well, then guess what? After a while, it's like you can only beat a horse so much and then it's going to buck you back. And then you got, we spend, I think, I, I don't want to lie, but the, I think the average um, onboarding for salesman right now is anywhere from 600 to $1,000 with the drug screen and all the background checks now that you have to do with everything. Mm-hmm. So you, you just, you just, you just spend six, seven, six, seven, a thousand dollars on training one person new. So say you have three people that you onboard, that's $3,000. Then you pay Daniel to come train. So then that's another <laughs> thousands, couple of thousand there. Well, then you have 5,000 on the table and just to blow them out because if you, they don't have the, the, the self-control within themselves to control their emotions. There we go. Um, it absolutely blows my mind, but, but we see this happen all the time where people just look like management just doesn't connect with salespeople. That's what it is. They just don't connect with them. But again, I don't necessarily think it's management's fault. I think it also just kind of comes back to a training thing. I mean, look, you know, look, I, I think back when I first started in the business and maybe it was similar for you as well, is that like, it was not a manager's expectations to connect with us as salespeople. In fact, we were just there to serve whatever their needs were. And, you know, the connection was, you know, do it or you lose your job was about the extent of how well some management actually connected with the salespeople. But I don't think that's enough anymore for a lot yes. of reasons. Um, but I mean, definitely what, what we have to, you have to understand that trainings at, at trainings at a shallow level. When we, when we do our leadership coaching, our management coaching for dealerships, like at a Volkswagen dealership, this gentleman was like, wow. Like, and, and, and he didn't have the audacity. This was a GSM. He, he, mm-hmm. he, he was scared to tell his GM what was going on because he was actually almost getting divorced, but he just didn't know how to communicate it because what do they tell you? Oh, you're weak. You're this, you're that. Yep. And he called me, he goes, Daniel, he goes, Hey, um, this is what's going on. I said, well, you know what? Let me talk to him and maybe we'll have some sessions. Well, to make a long story short, the, the GM, like he, he was like, well, it's, I'm not going to pay for that. I said, great. I said, Hey man, you know what? Let's do this. So I mm-hmm. ended up coaching this G GSM for, for, for many months. And his life just changed. And after that, he ended up leaving that dealership, but he goes, you know what, we're going to bring you in next time to the next dealership that I'm at. And it's, it makes a difference because training is at one level. Coaching goes deeper into your heart, into your soul. And it just really brings that, that awareness, that transformation that we need, because the, the truth is this, Jason, we all have junk inside ourselves. Of course. And, and when you take time to really, dig deeper, man, people appreciate you in a deeper level and they'll follow you across the highway. So I highly recommend <laughs> that if your dealership isn't doing a general life coaching and even confidence coaching, right? So you got general life coaching, confidence coaching, and just leadership coaching. It, it, all this page, huge dividends. Think about that. What I just said, the four dealership that we're doing that, they were doing 425 units. You go to 550. That's 125 more units at just say front and back average 3,500 a copy. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a lot of money, man. Yeah. They didn't know small potatoes, you know, but I'm fine. I figured that I find though, that, um, one of and the that's monthly <laughs> and that's, that's monthly. Huge. That's huge. Um, and I'm listening to you talk. And one of the things that I, I I'm seeing is that one of the reasons we don't connect management doesn't connect with salespeople is because as an industry, we don't allow ourselves to have emotions within the dealership. And I want to get your thoughts on this. So this is my next question because, you know, uh, I think right now, and even for myself, when I started in the industry, it was, it was suck it up, buttercup and check it out the door. Right. And, and, and how can you connect with someone when we don't give our team permission to actually 
have emotions. I, I, I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on that. That's a powerful statement right there. That's a powerful question because if we think about it, first of all, there, there is women um, in, the, in the car business, mm-hmm. but I think for a majority are still men. And a lot of men, we've been taught, right? Men don't cry. Exactly. Stop being a wuss. Get up. Shrug, you know, just shrug off your knees and let's go. Come on. And we're not, a, we, were, we were conditioned that way. That's a programming, the condition, the mindset that we have that men allowed, men are allowed to cry. And it goes back to my dad. I remember when my, when my mom passed away, that was the only time I saw my dad cry besides, you know, I think when, when, he, when she was diagnosed with, when my mom first got sick, but mm-hmm. he never really cried until my mom left us. But I say that because we need to change that conditioning and we need to realize that we need to allow our emotions to come up. We, we need to give, I, w- I would tell my team this, right? You have to set the boundaries for your organization. You have to set the expectations for your dealership. And I would go in there and I would tell my team, because when I took over at the GSM, we were losing a million dollars a month. I mean, a million dollars a year. I was okay. like, they're, like why, they're like, why did you take that job? Like you were doing good where you were at. You were doing very well, but I wasn't being challenged anymore. And I was up for the challenge. But once I was in there, I was like, oh crap, what did I get myself into? But something miraculous happened is I said, I'm going to be honest with you guys, ladies and gentlemen. I said, we're going to make a shitload of mistakes and make them. I want you to make them (laughs) because that's how, that's how we're going to learn. But I'll tell you this, the moment you make the same mistake twice, we're going to have a serious conversation and we might not be working here. It's cool. You gave him permission though. You got to give him permission to do something. I I gave him the permission and I'll tell you what, by giving him that permission, you would think we'd have hundreds of mistakes. We would have hardly any. We would have them. But just giving somebody that peace of knowing that I'm not going to get it. Because think about it. What's, what's the mindset of the GM? If our numbers ain't right, we'll bring in another team. It's that, exactly. it's that yep. dictator and, and they put that pressure on you. And that, that way of running dealerships, is it, it's no longer working. So you really got to just connect in a deeper level and allow your people to just to voice themselves. And something that I would do, something that we started doing at a Nissan store is really just Instead of having a huddle to talk about training, it's a, it's a huddle to say, hey, well, how are you doing this morning? What, how, what, what can we help you with? Do you have any questions or what's going on with the family? Or just mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. just connect with the people at a different level. That, that's what true leadership is about. Well, you're, you're giving them permission to be a people. You yes, know, like exactly. I mean, look, the rest of the world already thinks we're a bunch of robots because we sell cars and we're heartless, soulless, soulless people. <laughs> you know, beings, yes. right? You know, and but. Why would they not think that? Because as an industry, we've treated ourselves people like that. No, I'm not saying everybody. There's some amazing <laughs> dealerships out there. There really are. There's some amazing dealerships that do and execute exactly what we're talking about. But if you want to connect with salespeople and you want to have that giving mindset, all right, you have to get to a place where you can emotionally connect with someone. And to do that, first things first in your dealership, you have to give permission. Just like if, if you want to get past your failures, you have to give permission for people to fail. It is okay yes. to make mistakes. We're going to learn through it. We're going to grow through it. And I think this kind of goes into this next topic that we kind of had about confidence coaching. There's no way, look, we all know, we've been in the business long enough, is, is that confidence equates to better customer experience, all right, better profitability. Um, it, it, but for us to get to a place where we can be more confident, we have to be able to connect with them emotionally. So this is why we're kind of going to this. But let's talk about this because it's not something I think I think it's talked enough about. And I know you got some thoughts on this. Is confidence coaching? How do you how do you define that, and where do you start? Well, think about this. We've all lost. No, I don't care who you are, how great you are. 
you're going to go through that spurt, especially as a, as a sales professional. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I, I went 10 days without sitting in a car and it, it's, it's hard. That's it's challenging, brutal, but, but yeah. I wish somebody would have been there maybe interceding, right. They would, they would have kind of met me a little bit sooner than going through the full 10 days, because this is a true reality, Jason, is that no one can win without confidence. Exactly. I want you to tell me Tom Brady just won the Super Bowl. He wouldn't have won. He had confidence in the fact that he had confidence in himself. He had confidence that Browskowski was there. If he was going to throw the ball, he had confidence that he was going to catch it. And then you saw it on the other side of the sideline, Mahoney, yep. they lost their confidence. You saw, you and literally what, saw it. And once you, once you lose your confidence, you can't win without confidence. You tell me an NBA champion, uh, somebody that's won the major, that it's won without confidence, and it just doesn't happen. No, it's totally true. You know, and it's like, and you know, it's funny. I loved it at the end where it was like, you know, his confidence was so high that he's like, he's going to be back. I mean, what is he? He's in his late 40s, isn't he? Or mid 40s? 40 40, 43 years old. It's 43, 43 years old. old. I mean, come on. When it comes to professional sports, especially football, that that's ancient. All right. Yes. I mean, I'd be willing to bet you this guy comes back and he's almost 50 and he's still playing at that level. <laughs> yeah. And, in fact, and going back and going back to your question, it's well, what we don't realize is when, when you're with your team every single day, this is why it's important to bring an outside perspective, an outside person to do training and coaching and 100%. leadership development is because we have everybody develops filters after a while. And a good example. Well, what's a filter, Daniel? Well, guess it's it's a relationship filter. It could yeah, be a, a, a boss employer filter. It could be a husband and wife filter. How many times, or even a parental, how many times have we told our kids, hey, son, blah, 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 blah. And, okay, dad. And he doesn't hear you. But then he goes down the street and he comes back yeah. a week later and says, hey, you know what Johnny's dad told me? And I'm like, Jay, I just told you that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did, right? But they didn't hear you because, believe it or not, they learned to tune you out as a manager. They learned how to tune you out as a GM because you you, you kind of same, same story, same tone. Mm-hmm. You become familiar with them that they tune you out. And how many times have we told our wife, hey, honey, this is going on, but they really don't hear you because we tune those, we, there's those relationship filters that are formed. And when you get a fresh perspective, somebody that comes in, they hear you. And A, they're validating what your message is. So every time I go train at a dealership, I ask the GM, we do it, we do an agenda of what they expect, what they want. And we cover these things. And they're like, it's sometimes it's just hearing it from somebody else. You know what? Maybe Jason is right. Wow, I didn't think about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So they they kind of re-engage with you in that filter shifts. And they go, well, what's a filter? Think about this. <laughs> you had a Mitsubishi store. I'm pretty sure when you bought your first Mitsubishi as the owner, you didn't really have Mitsubishi's and we've all been there. We buy that one car or truck oh, and we see it everywhere, right? Because the filter <laughs> exactly. changes. 100%. You have to change the filters. And when you have confidence coaching, you go in there and you change the filters of your team. And it's psychological that we do exercises. So we have a three-month program. We have a six-month program. And with the, with the yearly program, we definitely go in depth. And that's think about this. Many of my clients, are, they went up over the year 100, 100 units, right, mm-hmm. a month. So you figure 100 units times, we'll just say, well, we'll, hit, we'll lowball it. We'll just say 3,000 front and back. That's 300,000 more in, in revenue times, times 12 months. That's 3.6 million. Mm-hmm. And you're paying somebody a fraction of that to get those results. You need to invest in training. You need to invest in coaching because not only, A, does your sales team need more confidence, but your managers lose confidence too because they get threatened so much that hey, you're gonna get fired or what's this going on? Or just what happened with COVID. Same, same, same family of business here, right? Same group. Mm-hmm. I would go to the Chevy store, confidence was a little bit up, but you go to the Dodge store and like the world was over because the oh. GMs had two different mindsets and we had to work on their mindsets. Hundred percent. I'm seeing the exact same thing up here, right? I mean, this can 
especially times like this. And this reminds me, you know, back like 2008, where, you know, we just had kind of a, there was just, you could go into a dealership and just, you could just feel the, the, the deflation of energy in, in the dealership, right? It's just, so it's like now more than ever, right? This yes. is the right time to connect with your salespeople and to, you know, and to coach them on their confidence and to develop out that, that giving mindset within your culture. I mean, the, everything we've talked about today at the, at the end of the day is just going to give you a better team, better results. And to your point, more profitability. That's what we're talking about. Um, hey, I, I know that we could easily go for another hour here. And <laughs> heck, we probably could have turn most of these subjects just into full podcast in themselves. But, but Daniel, before I let you go though, um, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now and really enjoyed this conversation we have, would love to connect with you and kind of continue this conversation. What, what is the best way to do that? Yeah, they can go to uh, Daniel, right? My, my website's danielgomezglobal.com. That's Daniel Gobe, danielgomezglobal.com. We just launched our new website. And actually, we're about to put automotive sales training and coaching on there also. And you can email us at info at danielgomezinspires.com. That's info at danielgomezinspires.com. And definitely, we have our book, Sticker Shock, right? With the Sticker Shock, the day you realize you're worth millions, you definitely need to get this this. <laughs> Check it out. Book for your teams, right? It talks about this. It's called Leveraging Confidence and Success in the Car Business, Sales, and Life. Because when I wrote this book, it really, the feedback I've gotten back, Daniel, thank you so much. It just put things in perspective. Because sometimes we try to use so big words, Jason. For sure. And it's just, it's just being simple, right? Yep. And what I want to do for some of those GMs or GSMs that are having trouble, with, if they mention your podcast, go to bit.ly forward slash meet Daniel Gomez. And I'll give you a 45 um, discovery session and we can talk about your dealership. That's bit.ly forward slash meet Daniel Gomez, um, meet Daniel Gomez. And we'll we'll discuss it, but I want to help your dealership. I have a proven track record. I was in the automotive industry for 12 years and I understand business even more now, Jason, because you <laughs> you can relate to this, right? Yes. It's one thing working for, for, for a dealership when you have a budget of a million dollars, but when it's your business, you have to have a totally different mindset to make it profitable. And we've been in business right now for over four years and we love it. I love yep. helping people. And because I love salesmen, I know, I know what it's like not to have that support. I know what it's like to be a young desk manager and not have that support. I know what it's like to have a GSM and you don't have the support. And I know what it's like to run hundred employees and you don't have the support. I've been there. We all need support and help. And I'm going to say this. If you've never lost your confidence, that means you're not growing as a person as a dealership, as an organization. That is so, so very true. Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. This has been a ton of fun. You have yourself an amazing day. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy Mob Podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to sign up to be a mobster at strategymob.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.